With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic is doing big things in the world of podcasting. Not only is our show Anything is Potable creating more episodes, but The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, which is a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices from across The Athletic Network. Uh, we're talking Zach Harper hosting Basketball Buds on Mondays. That's going to feature Jay King. We're Ethan Strauss and Marcus Thompson debating every Thursday. We got Big Waz and David Aldridge on Wednesdays. Our main man, Dave Dufour, talking analytics on Fridays. It's combining all of those shows into a rotating show, a new show every single day that covers everything from insider news to cultural issues and deep dives into an- analytics. So before things tip off, make sure you go subscribe to The Athletic's NBA show that's available now wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you are now tuned into Anything's Potable, the most honorable, the most notable. Hold the applause. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the, Boston, on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host. Sam Jam Packard, joined as always by the kid, Jay King, Celtics beat reporter uh, from The Athletic. And we are joined as well by special guest, live from the bubble, uh, trapped in his room on day four of uh, seven of quarantine, Celtics beat reporter for the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn. Now, uh, for those who are not on video, you can get to see the disgust in Gary's face when I did the intro, but it was it was fantastic. That's probably the worst intro of any television <laughs> show, podcast, radio show of all time. Well, Let thank me. you for joining us despite the intro. I've got, I've Man, got question for Sam. Have you ever dunked a basketball? I'm being honest. No, I've dunked a women's basketball, but I could never dunk a men's basketball. It's okay. like that is the threshold. Okay. So you've, you dunk it, Gary? you've never jammed. No, I got close, but when I was younger, but nah, never. So I'm the only one on the podcast who ever dunked a basketball. Yeah, but I wouldn't name myself Jam if I've never dunked a ball. But that's just me, though. That's a, <laughs> I had to join I the rain in Jays. I don't know. It made sense. I didn't know where you were going with that one, Wash. It fits, but yeah, no. I definitely. I mean, I would know count the women's basketball as a dunk. Uh, it counts as a jam. Yeah. All right. Watch, watch, I got to tell you something. My father has been asking me like every week, when are you going to have Gary Washburn back on? When are you going to have Gary Washburn back on? He he loved your appearance on the podcast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's my regards to Jay Sr. Yeah. Yeah. All he does is – Sure. All he does is, I swear to God, he's asked me about having you back on the podcast like a hundred times. Oh, okay. I was, like, I was like, Dad, we had him on like three weeks ago. Like, just just tone it down a little bit. It's okay. And then, and, and then the thing, Sam, is you give your sign-on name to this is Jam Packard. Like, you just, you're really going with this Jam thing. Like, I'm looking here, Jay King. <laughs> even Jay uses a regular name, and then I use, and then you go, but you're Jam. So, okay. yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm just trying to take all this in, um, but yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I've, I've been jammed for five years now. I'm, I'm glad you're taking notice at this point. Yeah, Gary. Right. Yeah, Gary. Yeah. How, how come you haven't taken videos of you doing any uh, workouts in your hotel room like <laughs> like some of these other reporters? Um, I don't think people want to. I don't think people care. Like, to be honest with you, and I, mean, I don't, I, I'm just not here to clown. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Joe, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna be Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. That's a reference you guys don't get. I know. Um, I know Goodfellas. Yeah, Come on, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I just feel like there's too many people suffering and complaining about the food. Like, I just didn't want to join that crew of people or do push ups in my room or whatever. I mean, it's enough going on so no i've not posted videos of running back and forth in my room <laughs> the two bed challenge or the double the double bed challenge my goodness i mean no no comment but uh no, <laughs> you won't get any of that out of me i'm just I, quietly I quarantining if there's something that really goes down i'll be the first to to let you guys know it's a man it's crazy but uh you know, it, you just deal with it, man. What's the worst thing you've eaten in the bubble? Oh, wow. Well, the food's been the worst, like, of, of all of what's happened. Yeah. Uh, I thought Disney, that they would have a nice cuisine for us. Um, the worst is probably 
the bread, like they had like dried up hash browns, stuff that's just <laughs> been there. It seems like it's been there for a while. Um, packaged food um, was okay. Like they have a packaged salad. I mean, every, you know, at eight, noon, and six, so they should, they will be probably knocking on my door. Yeah, so we're going to um, have it live. We're going to have it live on the show. Over dinner, because it should be at six. Um, they give you stuff that's, you know, some of it's edible, some of it's decent. Others, other stuff is like, nah, I ain't touching that. It's not <laughs> old, it's just either been, it looks over-processed, over-cooked. Um, here's a, like a huge baked potato that I gave for lunch, like, <laughs> a huge baked potato. Yeah, for lunch. So, I mean, you know, I don't know, I'm not the huge lunch guy, so that was like, I ain't touching that, or I'll have a little piece. Um, and you're kind of a, you know, you have to eat what they serve. It's not like you, you order. You don't get to order? No, you don't. Oh, let me have. Now you That's what Rashawn Holmes thought. And he, uh, yeah. he, got, yeah, he got burned for that. You can order room service, but it costs. You know, it's, I think, outside of the cost because they do, we, we are paying for food with this thing, but it's their food. So I would say, yeah, like old, old like, uh, you know, like hash browns that look overdone or, um Things that are just like, oh man, I'm not going to touch that. I don't think you, it's not going to make you sick. It's just not good food that you're used to. Do you have like the twin beds in, in your in no, your room? They're like, too? they're like no, they're like sort of queen full beds, I guess. So yeah, like a lot of guys got double beds. Some people got kings. Most of us got double beds. Um, they're supposed to move us to other rooms after this is over the pandemic. Sorry, the, the quarantine. So we'll see what happens on Monday. But yeah, double beds, the cable's fine. Um, you know, they got the good thing is they got like full Disney movies, a Disney Ooh. channel. So Ooh. they show like um I've I've watched Remember the Titans twice again, <laughs> Hidden Figures, I watched Glory Road, Independence Day, like they shoot nonstop like Disney movies, not like cartoon movies. Yeah. Some of the motion pictures they've done. So that's, you know, and I've watched a lot of A&E, man. I'm a big First 48 guy. So I've been catching up on that. So I've been watching that religiously. Big A&E guy. So do you get to pick your Disney movies or do they just have like a no, channel? They have, like a channel. they have like six channels in here. One like a radio station. One that plays like old cartoons. Um, <laughs> one that a map of the complex and all the great things, you know, when you're off to see the wizard. And all that, all you know, Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but they have all the channels here, all the ESPNs, Fox, and uh, FS1, that type of thing. And then you can also hook uh, your computer up to the to the things so you can watch Netflix. Um, there you go. So you can watch Netflix, Hulu, and that type of thing if you want to watch that stuff. So the entertainment isn't bad. The room is okay. Um, it's just not being able to leave your room for seven days and then the food. <laughs> hey, how excited are you to just get the fuck out of your hotel room and yeah, take a walk like, or something? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I'll be like definitely happy. I think everybody would be happy just to, you know, just to run outside and smell fresh air and like just... just why did it. why did Chris Haynes get to go outside and do a stand-up for TNT? What, did he, he like come earlier? Early, so his week is done. Yeah, like him and Malika Andrews got here like literally, I think like the fifth or something. They got here early. So they got that week out of the way. Most of the other bubble guys like me got here on the 12th Sunday. And so, yeah, we knew that this was coming. Once you do get out of the bubble, what kind of access are you going to have to, I guess, the Celtics? Because I'm presuming you're on the same boring Zoom calls that we're, we've been watching the past week. Yeah, it's just the same calls. I don't know, like – if we'll be able to do live practice interviews, I, I would assume we are um, to take, you know, to, to like following practice to like social distance interviews. And uh, I know for games, we'll be in the room uh, during post-game interviews with Brad and then um, pre-game, there'll be kind of a social distance. So everything's going to be, everything's careful. I mean, we're going to be socially distanced sitting down. I think we have to watch the games with our masks on. Um, so it's going to be, I mean, we're going to get access that people who back in Boston or even in tier two, uh, will not get because the tier two folks, I think sit higher. Um, 
than we are. So we'll get the better view of the game, better access. We'll be able to be in the room and ask questions uh, in the post-game kind of Zoom press conferences. So we'll, we hope, you know, and then we'll, we can arrange one-on-ones. But going to there's no locker room. The players will um, not shower at the arena. So they'll be, you know, looking to get the heck out after the games are over. So that makes it, you know, quicker, better for, you know, we won't be waiting an hour for guys to get dressed and shower and stuff. But, um, yeah, like it's going to be a whole different thing, whole different scene here. It's it's totally different. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get out of your hotel room? I don't know, man. Like probably just walk. There's a literally a pool right downstairs. I might go into the pool or just walk around or – I don't know. I mean, you're gonna I, go on a, one of the fishing trips with no alcohol. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't know what I'll do, man. I'll find some place to do. I don't even know if we can go to Disney or go on the rides. Like, I don't know what our limitations are. I know there's golf, and we can do golf. I don't really play much golf. I do I'll play golf, golf with you, Gary. Oh, that's great. Yeah, look forward to that. Um, so, you know, we we. I don't know what what I'll do, um, but just walk outside and, and just like it might be like Shawshank man where you just you know another <laughs> 90s movies reference where you just you know do the whole like, you know, yeah. uh, you crawl through shit and get yeah, out on the other it side might be, it might be like it might be Shawshank time man you're so, crawling through shit right now Gary. Yeah, this, this is you know it's just you're not you didn't exp- you kind of already did this with the with the with the quarantine when this whole thing first started so you thought okay I'm good and then this thing is like and you thought, like, I thought, like, they would give us patios so we could at least smell fresh air. But no, no patio, man. Like, this is the door. You walk outside, you're literally outside. So um, how, how much planning did you do to spend, like, three months away? Like, how much did you show up with in Orlando? Did you come with, like, seven suitcases? Because I know you're a big suitcase guy. I've seen you travel. You have, like, at least five suitcases for, like, a one-game yeah. road trip. I drafted I, – I packed for a long trip, like – I usually bring two huge bags, like a big suitcase and a big duffel for like a West Coast trip. Then I mailed two boxes to myself. Ooh. So like every and the thing is, you know, it's a more of a casual scene, which is right down your alley, Jay. I would have been lovely in the bubble. Yeah, more of a casual scene. It's sort of like summer. I don't think I'll be wearing shorts to games, but I think the short sleeve look, especially when it's like 96 out here, people are not going to be wearing suits. It's going to be a so I brought a bunch of short sleeve shirts for the bunch, but also mailed two boxes to myself. You know what I mean? You, you got three months of stuff. I mean, unless you really want to go shopping, three months of toiletries, three months of stuff to put in your room, things that you might, you know, if you're a video game guy, I'm not one, but I could imagine guys are packing and bringing, you know, packing the video games and things that they do just at home. Um, Cause it's a long time and I've never been gone for three months. I've been to a strength training many times for six weeks, which is still, that's a big adjustment. You, it's like you're moving down there and you're living yeah. there. This is, this is twice that. Yeah. That's a long fucking time to be away. Do you have like, are you going to be able to, to use the gym? Do you have, did you bring like, like exercise equipment and shit? Yeah, They, they have like, when we get out of here, um, they have a gym available for us and they have like a, a track you can run around the, the, the complex, like a trail, so yeah, they'll they'll we'll be able to like exercise. You, you, yeah, that's the whole thing. You won't, you don't want to come down here and gain thirty pounds, um, especially me. But so I'm eating those baked potatoes. Yeah, like, <laughs> those yeah, crusty baked potatoes. Potato. Um, but yeah, man, like I like you like you just have to try to work the best out of it that you can, and 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 the, you can have stuff mailed to you. So. If you need something, you can. I'm sure you could order it online and have it delivered. So they, I mean, the league is trying to work with everybody. Um, in addition, I say we get tested. I got tested a couple of hours ago, so we're getting tested every day. Um, there's a, a thing where you put your finger in to get your oxygen, and then a, a temperature gauge that you do, and you have like an app where it has all your numbers in there. So they're making sure everybody's ready for this and healthy. You got a nice cut before you got there, too. You're looking fresh. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I, st- I We still don't know when we're like the barber situation. They know the players have like the players have me, obviously, stylists, barbers, yeah. manicures. 
we don't know when, who our barber is or what time or what, where, where uh, some of the guys are discussing that today, like, when do we get a haircut? So I was like, I got to get one before I leave because it could be a couple of months, man. Like, who knows if they're going to worry about the media getting a haircut? I don't think, I mean, they're worried about Tatum and, and you know, Embiid and LeBron getting haircuts. not worried about us. You're going to be looking haggard by the end of the three months. Yeah, probably so, probably so. <laughs> It's going to be a long run, man. Do you think if the Celtics are making it in the playoffs, will you start actively rooting against them just to go home earlier? Well, I'll be, you have to commit to three months. I mean, you can oh, leave early. But, yeah, like they, they, they made it a situation that you could either split it so you can leave September 1st. Like, so some teams that are like, they're, you know, beat up guys or guys – their teams are out, like they're going to get lose in the first round. You're like, there's a, there's a guy covering the Mavericks here um, and a couple other teams. I mean, they're, they know like they're going to get ousted likely in the first round or maybe the second. So they'll leave September 1st. And then there's people you can come in September 1st and cover it till the end. So um, I'm here till October 13th. So I got no stake in whether the Celtics win or lose. I, I got I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. I, I got to ask you about what Bob Cousy said about you, man. Did did you read that story by Shaughnessy about your your all time Celtics draft? Yeah, I did. Uh, he 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 read it or he sent it to me. Yeah, I, I haven't gone. But yeah, I read about the young thing. The young guy comment with Cousy. Yeah, Cousy got a shit on you like. Like the, and that's not a regular analyst. Like that's Bob Cousy. Were you were you sitting there like, like damn Coos? Why didn't you just take it a little easy on me? No, it's fine. Why does it bother me? I know people <laughs> Bob is crazy. I was like, I was picking a fantasy team. Like I don't, I, I don't. I think people thought like it's an all time Celtic team. Pick your favorite Celtic. Pick the best. You're not picking the best Celtic. You're picking the Celtic to get you a win by fantasy p- points. As I as I said in the story. You play fantasy football, both you guys do, I'm sure. You do not take Tom Brady as your first quarterback. You don't. Why? Because he doesn't put up the eye-popping stats, but he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It's the same situation. I looked at Pierce's stats, second all-time leading scorer, all-time leading three-point shooter, seventh in rebounds, and I'm sure he's top ten probably in, like, assists because, I mean, they haven't been that many guys, and he's played there so long. So I'm like, who's going to put up the most? stats for me and my fantasy team it was Pierce but I get it I could have taken Bird that would have been definitely another solid pick great pick Russell the greatest Celtic of all time the greatest human rights activist of all time as an athlete the greatest champion of all time we're not it was not a it was not a championship draft it was a fantasy Celtic draft I like I put my team up of Pierce Tatum Isaiah Dennis Johnson and Park is the center are up against all the other teams. I'm sorry. If Bill Sharman is guarding Tatum, I'll take Tatum. <laughs> you know, it, I'm so sorry. I, like, I don't know. Like, like second all-time leading score, the dude had the best individual season in Celtic history. Um, I, I like my team, so I didn't have a problem with it. So I – so I just want to explain to the listeners what, what's going on. So the Boston Globe, five writers from the Globe picked their all-time Celtics team. So it was like a draft. Any Celtic was uh, on the board. Gary got the first overall pick and decided not to take Bill Russell, not to take Larry Bird, and went with Paul Pierce. And my only beef is, like, if if you did consider it a fantasy team, then then, yeah, I do think – Picking Pierce over Russell was was the play, but Larry Bird put up numbers, man. It was- My only issue with Bird was was like durability. That was it, and the fact that Pierce had um, obviously because the three point shoot shot was more of a weapon. Pierce had. I mean, I actually thought about this. It wasn't like I was like, oh, let me just take Pierce because I like the guy. Like, no, like Pierce is an all time leading three point shooter in team history. I'm trying to. When I'm trying to win the game, like put up stats. Bird, yes, that's a Russell. It's great. I mean, amazing player, great rebounder. But I'm thinking of eras. I'm thinking of like, okay, if I and remember, I'm taking Russell. It's a snake draft, so I don't get to pick till ten. 
So I'm getting Russell and probably um, I got Tatum. Maybe I, I get Tatum. If I take Russell, who knows if Tatum goes before. So I'm thinking like I got to pick a guy that's going to put up numbers, not the greatest Celtic of all time. Like I'm trying to explain that. Maybe I got the concept wrong. And I'm yeah, getting, that was my question. Is the other four guys drafting, were they also thinking in terms of like fantasy basketball numbers or are they like, like greatest Celtics of all time? And all of a sudden they're – most of them, except Adam, and has, a fan have perspective, Boston, have Boston ties. So, of course, Russell is the greatest Celtic of all time. Bird's a close second. I get it. I was thinking more fantasy team. That's why I took all basically contemporary guys, except for my starting five, except Dennis Johnson, because I needed a point guard. And I think Rondo had already been taken. So I took guys, what, one current guy, Two guy, guy just retired, and Isaiah's out the league, but the best individual season in team history, along with the the glue, the, the, the guts of that 80s teams. And then Perk, I needed a big man. Garnett, Russell, all were taken. So Perk is doesn't need to score because the team doesn't need scoring. So it, I was I was pleased with my team. It had nothing to do with Pierce being an Englewood guy. No, no. It was just the, the fact I looked at I looked at the all time stats. And I, I mean, if someone had taken if I had taken like let's say I take Havlicek, is there much feet like I'm you know, Paul Pierce, he can't hold Brussels Jack, like really we're shitting on Paul Pierce? Like, <laughs> I, I, I just don't get that. Like as I said earlier on like to 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 Bob Rice podcast, it's like I said John Bagley first or, or freaking um <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, let's say like Mike Mark Blount first. No, like no, I didn't. No, Paul's going to the hall. He's the first ballot. Like I'm, so, he's too. Like, are you serious right now? Like, I'm not saying he's better than Russell. He's not. That's not the argument. It's stats. I'm trying to win the game. But Bird, Bird was a three time MVP and no, had crazy stats. It. That was that's a good argument. I my only. Thing was a three-point shooting. Bird, okay. Bird took threes. He didn't take a lot. That was it. That was the only difference. If you're taking a fantasy football team, you're drafting David Johnson first. You're not drafting Tom Brady. You're taking Peyton Manning, Mahomes, Breeze. Like, you're taking six quarterbacks before you put Tom Brady. But is Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Yes. Greatest winning quarterback of all time? Yes. It's the same thing with like Joe Montana. There's guys who are glue guys, but the numbers don't fit in the fantasy. So this year, guys, see where Tom Brady gets taken in fantasy and see see how far it is from Mahomes. Because Mahomes is everybody's number one pick, right? Mahomes or, you know, or maybe Derrick Henry. Let's we're talking about fantasy sports. Like, let's see where let's see if Brady Brady's gonna be a seventh round pick. <laughs> yeah. is, he greatest, is he the greatest player quarterback history? Yes. So I, I I'm, I'm not arguing against anything against Bill Russell. That he's the greatest, greatest Celtic of all time. Okay, so where do you rank Pierce on the greatest Celtics of all time? Then he's like fifth, probably fifth. Or like you got to give because you know, I mean, no one's arguing. Kuzi didn't go. Kuzi, Kuzi, the greatest point guard. No one talked to Kuzi. Went ninth and went saying a word. Like Kuzi. I mean, Kuzi said a word because I, I got a re- huge Bob Kuzi fan. Yeah, I got a seven MVP. Not, no one argued. No, no one ripped anybody for that for letting Kuzi go. But <laughs> but, well, but it's like okay, I get you. Um, Russell Bird Kuzi, and then some people say Havlicek or Pierce. I mean, you know, you could argue McHale. Um, you could argue Parrish, depending yeah. how. It gets tough after the first three. Yeah, like I think there's a Pierce is better than Kuzi. Yeah, it gets tough after the first two. I guess. Yeah, I would think so. I I think Pierce. I think Kuzi and those guys are associated with winning. Pierce wasn't associated with winning until the big three. Then he became a winner, and then he got became appreciated because his first ten years he was not appreciated. You know, he was this just score who wasn't a winner. And I just think too, guys. If you're gonna like, if we're gonna do this whole like, take the best Celtics team, why wouldn't I just draft the '65 team and be like, the the one that <laughs> won, won three straight titles and be like, that's my team, 
run anybody up. Like, really? Are we going to do that? Like, are we going to run the 65 Celtics? Am I going to take Russell, Kuzi, the Jones boys, and Heinz? Sanders? Yeah. It's actually absurd that Kuzi went ninth. Like, there's no way. Like, if you're doing talking about, like, actually talented and, like, trying to build a team, I can see the argument for, like, Russell playing in era, any era. But, like, Bob Kuzi dribbled – like pushing the ball forward and did, like didn't have a crossover. Like, but I, you have to respect the times. But if yeah. that's the case, then draft the '65 team and let those guys ride because they were dominant in their time. So you can't have it both ways. But I understand. I'm not one to say that I'm I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Um, but to say like I don't know basketball and I'm an idiot. Like, yeah, I've gotten a lot of emails. You know, because it, it, it was like I chose. Russell, I mean, Pierce is the greatest Celtic of all time. It was not a greatest Celtic of all time draft. Hey, business owner out there in podcast land, I can't think of a better way to advertise your business than joining us here on Anything is Potable in the Athletic Podcast Network. Most of our listeners are in and around Boston and the New England area, and I can't think of a better way to promote your show. Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. And it's just, it makes sense. What better way to reach out? You can have me shilling for your products. And if that's something you want to do, please go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads and you can advertise on this very show. Again, that's theathletic.com slash podcast ads. And you can have my voice, Sam Jam Packard, talk about your product to my very loyal listeners. That's theathletic.com slash podcast ads. What pick did you get Isaiah Thomas with? Uh, it was like third round, but no fourth round. Cause he would bust Bob Cousy's ass. <laughs> I took Pierce, then Tatum, then DJ, then Isaiah, then Perk. Then I added Paul, uh, Paul Silas, Charlie Scott, and then my last pick was Avery with Doc as a coach. Uh, that's, that's a solid squad. That's a solid squad. Any like you know. We all, you know, because I didn't have like dominant big. So Danny was like, oh, Danny made my, said my, the team was the fifth team out of five. So everyone's like, dude, you don't even like your team. And, 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 and his comments were like, I put too much pressure on Tatum because he's 22. But the dude's an all star. Like, I don't think anybody could deny that Tatum's on his way to being the next great Celtic if he stays healthy and he stays in Boston, right? I mean, He's he's about to get 170 large um, in a yep. in a couple of months uh, to keep him in Boston for a long time. Let's yeah. let's pivot towards. Oh the, no! Oh no! Oh no! I, I need to read Koozie's quote first because because it's just magical. I was half asleep when I was reading that. Said the Hall of Famer. I saw where your guy picked Pierce as the best Celtic ever. After reading that, I didn't want to read any more. <laughs> Unfortunately, Washburn's pick demonstrates a lack of credibility on the whole thing. Pierce will get in the Hall of Fame, but at this point, he's not even in the Hall of Fame. He was never MVP, so this was youth speaking out. Do you have any response to Bob no, Cousy no here? Response. No response. It, was the, it wasn't the greatest Celtic of all time draft, but no response. Is it kind of cool though? It's kind of cool. Like Bob Cousy yeah. is responding to something you did. Like I would, <laughs> I would find that cool as hell. Yeah. And Cousy's 92. I'm not arguing with a 92 year old. He's a, the greatest Celtic point guard of all time. Like whatever he says, I'm fine with no B for me. I'm not going to, this is not first take. I'm not responding <laughs> to that. Like, Jay's I, doing his best to try to fuel the beef between you yeah, and Bob Cousy. Don't stir the pot, Jay. I get, <laughs> I get what Uzi was saying. <laughs> Damn it, Gary. Why, why are you being nice about yeah, this, man? I'm not, nah. well, I'm not going Marcus Morris on you, man. No. Uh-uh. Uh, oh, <laughs> man. I would, I would love for you to just take a shot at Kuzi. No, yeah, that, 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 that'll work. Would okay. you ask Bob Kuzi if he's ever dunked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Jam, what were you pivoting to? I was trying to pivot to the reason why you're stuck in your hotel room right now. Presumably the Celtics are coming back and playing basketball. Now, you've been on the same Zoom calls as us, um, but I guess I'm curious what your biggest, I guess, takeaway is from the Celtics coming back to practice. We talked a lot in the last episode about Kemba not practicing, um, but I guess what do you see this team's chances of um, making like a run in the Eastern Conference playoffs? 
I mean, I, I like to think that everybody's healthy. Jalen is over the hamstring injury. Um, Tatum will be better after, and, and, he'll, and he'll get some MVP votes, maybe fifth votes, you know, top, top, uh, you know, four or five in terms of MVP voting. But it's hard to really say who, like, like this whole thing is going to be crazy because I think one, there's going to be a team that plays much better under the circumstances than anyone expected. Okay. If there's a team like the 95 Rockets, which was a six seed, this is the year that like a six seed could come out and go to the finals. I just think that some team is going to love these new circumstances, no fans, um, you know, neutral floor and go off. And then there's going to be a team that slips and doesn't play well for no apparent reason. Um, there's going to be particular players that play great under the circumstances because they're better in practice and there's not the pressure of the fans. And there's going to be players that are not motivated at all because there isn't fans and they can hear their shoes squeaking and they're going to like not play as well. So I'd like to think the Celtics have a shot in terms of like they're completely healthy uh, besides yeah. Kimball. And I think they're slowly bringing Kimbo along. You know, who knows, like, what the real deal with his knee is. If three months off didn't heal it, then it could be something just like maybe it's chronic, bone on bone, something that is something that he's going to have to deal with the rest of his career. Um, and But you have a healthy Jalen. Everybody's back. No one, I mean, besides Marcus, no one tested positive. That was months ago, so you don't have the, any of the COVID drama that's, that's getting some of these teams and no one decided to back out and for social justice reasons or family reasons. So I think they got as good a shot as anybody, but who knows what, how, this is four months off. Who's going to come back? How, what the atmosphere is going to be like, who's going to ball up in these atmosphere and who is going to slip because they're not motivated. So like, I, I wouldn't go to Vegas and risk any money on this season because it just seems like something unexpected is going to – and I'm talking about COVID-related. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying someone – like they're going to end the season un, un, prematurely because of COVID. But some team is going to make a run, whether it be the Rockets, the Thunder in the East, maybe Miami. Some team is going to come out of nowhere and make this real interesting. The Rockets you- are my team to – like they're my team to watch because I think – First of all, Russell Westbrook is playing at a ridiculous level. Like I have always been a huge, huge Westbrook hater compared to normal people. Like I have always just thought his game kind of disgusted me because he would take bad shots and he would do a lot of stupid shit and it would just bother me, um, especially when he was taking possessions away from Kevin Durant. But this year, like he's been different and he's been so efficient and he's been awesome. And then I think the other layer to this is like James Harden, he may benefit from life inside the bubble. He's not going to have strip clubs to go to. He's not going to have parties to go to. Like, and I don't, I, I don't know for sure that he's the type of guy to do that stuff during the playoffs. But I do know that he has a reputation for some shit like that. He did during the finals with OKC. Now that was nine years ago. But yeah, he partied during the um or or eight years ago. But he, yeah, he went out to South Beach during the 2012 finals. That's dinner, by the way. So. I just got the knock on the door. Yeah, go 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 pick up your dinner. I want I want to see you see you get your dinner live. Okay. Oh God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we we are now honestly we're just waiting for Gary to get his his quarantine dinner in his hotel room. I'm excited for the live dinner review. Uh oh, gee. Uh oh, gee. So we got a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, okay. That's a good start. Uh, which is this is nightly cheese, grapes, kind of a trail mix, and some crackers with your balsamic dressing. Okay, okay. Salad, box salad. Okay, that's your prelim. I'm 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 waiting anxiously for the entree. Okay, I don't know what this is in here. A little soup, maybe. Yeah, it's like a tomato soup with pasta, okay. in, like a uh, little shells in it. Little soup for the kid. Uh, <laughs> what? What is? Flour, uh, pasta and tomatoes. Yeah. And I don't know what this is—a biscuit or something filled. 
<laughs> it doesn't look like there are huge portions. No. No. So, yeah, that's uh, that's dinner for tonight. You can order room service, but it's an additional charge. So, so a lot of guys and gals uh, have ordered room service, ordered wine for their room, that type of thing, just to make themselves feel more comfortable. John Henry and the Boston Globe are not giving you money for room service, not giving you a per diem? No, I mean, I'm sure they could. I'm sure. I mean, I, I have ordered room service um, because Sunday they didn't bring my dinner till midnight. What? So, <laughs> no, nah, it was just a bad night. Uh, you must have been heated. Yeah, I was like, everybody was like at 830 was putting their dinner on Twitter. Like Joe Varden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 1040 i'm like damn can a brother can a brother eat um yeah that's dinner uh soup salad cheese and stuff which is nightly um and then uh chicken pasta and yeah bon appetit oh okay so they brought it at 12 were you sleeping by the time they brought it to you i was up i mean i was like i was hungry so i was up I (laughs) i wasn't going to bed hungry so yeah I ordered room service that night and they ended up bringing it like, so I didn't eat it, but they brought it right before room service came. Damn. Do you make calls? Like, are you calling the front desk? Is there someone? Yeah, you got to call the league. Everything goes to the league. So basically if you like anything goes on with your testing, anything like the other day, my, my uh, temperature gauge kind of went kaput. Like you call, you inform the league. There's a bunch of, People, medical people, league people that you that kind of deal with us. The, the hotel, besides like delivering your food and stuff, has nothing to do with what um, like you, you're you're living here. Like they'll bring towels and things like that. Like, hey, I need toiletries or toilet paper, whatever. But in terms of like the amenities, it's all the league. That's crazy. This really is like such a unique experience. You're gonna be. Talking about this years from now, like remember that fucking time I stayed <laughs> I stayed in Orlando for three for three months, months yeah. and they didn't bring my goddamn cheese and crackers until midnight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you have the snitch hotline programmed into your phone? Are you ready to yeah. snitch on anyone? Players only, man. I ain't snitching on no. I ain't no snitch. <laughs> snitching on nobody. That's put for players only. But yeah, like. uh like I'm not stitching on no reporters, man. I haven't. Like I said everybody's been staying in their room. I have not seen dudes out there trying to swim or whatever, get their sneak swim on. Like everybody's cooperated. Like th- I just think everybody understands how important this is. Who who's the odds on favorite to be the Rishon Holmes of the media core? I don't know, man. Like outside the bubble, maybe your boy Maddox, man. Maddox. Yeah, Maddox has to be. Has yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, man. You got to go after Maddox's throat, man. He's complaining about the food. I don't know, Jay. You gotten kind of soft in your old age, man. You're just not going after dudes like you used to. But yeah, <laughs> maybe Maddox. I don't know. I mean, Maddox um, is definitely dumb enough to leave the bubble, either inadvertently or on purpose. I, I, I think Maddox has to be the the number one pick to leave the bubble, or to go across the street for like your Uber Eats or whatever, and <laughs> you know, like. It's like Shawshank and we're going across that fence and then Oh, another Shawshank. Get yeah, you get shot. Uh like the, the dude who was it? Uh the guy who uh the Yeah, the dude who, from Ali McBeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did so, not think you were gonna have an Ali McBeal reference on this podcast. Yeah, oh man, that, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Little Ali McBeal reference for the people out there. But yeah. You got any anything else for him, Packard, or what? I mean, I was curious, I guess, more about Celtics stuff, about what do you think they're like, what are they doing in their off time? Do you know? Or if, I, you, I feel like I want to ask you questions, but I just we've talked a, a long time about how you've been stuck in your room and you're basically in the same position we are in terms of like knowing about what the Celtics activities are. We just saw a Himmelsbach story in the Globe yesterday about um, like they were uh, what the role Allison Feaster has been playing and uh, the kind of trying to continue on the social justice stuff. I was just, I'm curious about like what your perspective is on um, if the Celtics have been successful and kind of like continuing the, the push for racial justice. You wrote the column about saying the team needed to do more. Marcus smarts talked about that. Many players have talked about how like they're annoyed by not having the thing uh, or that choice to put what they want in the back of their jerseys. 
So I guess I'm just curious, like how um, you think they've been, the Celtics as an organization have been like doing at, uh, once they've gone to the bubble to kind of like continue to, I guess, the fight for racial justice. Um, well, I think, I think we we'll have to wait till they start playing games. Uh, we can see the uniform thing and the black lives matter on the floor. I, I don't think, I think, you know, if you want, if your teams, I think this point you want to start concentrating more on basketball. I'm not saying don't concentrate on social justice, not at all. But I think collectively in these short interviews, I, you know, on Zoom, I think these guys are just talking more about the game. I think they're not going to let this situation go. Um, and I think it's changed some of these young guys. I think this is the first time that probably guys like Tatum, I'm not saying they've not dealt with racism. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not in any man's shoes, but some of these guys are born where, you know, they're born in the mid to late nineties race for them is different than race for, for folks who are born in the seventies and the eight, like the, the whole concept of discussion, what they've been exposed to. I mean, these guys were literally six and four and five when Chappelle, when the Chappelle show was on. So you're talking about like, you know, some of the advanced shows that like talked all about race and brought everything out in the open, they were too young for that. So you're, you're talking about guys who probably have never, who, this is the first time they've really been able to speak out and exposed to overt racism or they've been on their mind and now they can gather their thoughts and think about, and I think Tatum's a guy that this is going to change him for a long time. I think it was interesting that he's gotten involved more with the Players Association. You know, Jason's a quiet dude. He's got his son. He's a family guy, so he kind of sticks to himself. But the fact that he was in on some of those discussions about what to do and he thought about staying back in Boston with his family, and he's kind of saying to himself, hey, I'm a, I'm like a, a star on the rise here. I, I can say more about what happens in this league because now I'm real, a real part of this league. I'm not... I'm not in the rookie game anymore. I'm not a right. Like I am here. Like I'm not saying he's completely arrived because, you know, he'll have many more all-star appearances. I'm sure if he stays healthy and everything works out, but I think he kind of looks at himself and says, okay, I'm not a kid. I'm 22. Um, I, I have a grasp on this league. So I have a say I'm a top 15 player in this league. Now you can argue he's top 10, whatever you guys think. But I think that was important because Jalen's always kind of been the, the, the woke guy, um, he always wanted to be part of the Players Association. He's always had something profound to say. Tatum's always been a guy who's kind of been like chill, not really speaking out, just kind of staying to himself. And if you follow him on Twitter and some of the things, he's really following these issues. And I think that's important to make some of these young guys aware that it's not just about ball. It's it's a world around them. You know, like um, it's a world that exists with with politics and social issues and race issues and economic issues, all that, you, you know, as a ball player, you can get in, quote unquote, the bubble and think all about video games, food, your family and basketball, because everything's taken care of for you. You live in a nice home. You have your family around you. You're able to afford the nicer things in life. If you really want to block out the rest of the world, unless you're driving down the street in Boston or someplace and you get stopped by the police. If you want to block, block things out, you pretty much can until maybe something happens to you or one of your friends. And I think it's good for guys like Tatum to see that there's a world that exists around and that it's, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of these young guys, ballplayers are not go vote. We have a very important election coming up in November that could determine the fate of our country. Um, get out and vote, register, just be active in your society. Contribute more than putting the ball through a hoop. That what you think? Answer. That was a good answer. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That was that was a damn good answer. Watch. What did you think about the players' association, like a pre-approving the list of things that could be put on a player's jersey? Like the specifically, police and law enforcement is not mentioned. They shouldn't. Like the players came out and said they didn't want to mention any of the the victims' um, names specifically. I think Norm Powell came out today and said he, he was kind of disappointed that he wished he could have just uh, had his own message because it kind of naturally, because it's pre-approved by the NBA, does that, you think that dilutes the message at all? I think a little bit, but I also think the NBA is trying to make sure that guys, I mean, you don't want like the XFL, you don't want he hate me, you don't want some messages that get confused. 
you're talking about you're playing in front of an international audience. Okay, so you want these messages to be clear and to be understood. Now, there's going to be a tug of war here. I think it was good that there was some type of agreement. And I think that there are certain guys that have messages that can't be relayed. Maybe they can find another one. So, I mean, I'm not blaming the league and saying the league is trying to limit them. I think it's a great idea for the league to be able to, to allow these guys. And there is a negotiation for them to express themselves in certain ways. Now, um, not everybody has to express themselves. People are lip ripping LeBron and ripping Anthony Davis. Would it be meaningful for LeBron to put a message of you, something unity on his back or social just something? Yeah, of course it would be. But I think also, too, that in any group of people, someone's going to try to figure out a way to make money. You don't want players putting marketing stuff on the back. You don't want them to putting messages that could that, that could help their brand, quote unquote. I think you want to limit some of the things. Now, could you had had uh, players give a deadline of what they want to do? I mean, whether the players, I mean, the league could have approved it or not and said, no, use something else. Um, yeah, that could have been a way to do it too. But I think they just kind of wanted to get this past them, come up with a list. Here, guys, this is what we've negotiated with the league, um, and the player association. So this is what you can do. So someone's going to be disappointed, but I think it's good for the league to allow these guys to express themselves and not, you know, they wore the I can't breathe t-shirt several years ago when Eric Garner was killed. But um, and I think that was a good thing. Um, but I think it's good that the league is more collaborating with the players this time. All right. I was expecting you to jump in, Jay. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, good luck in the in the bubble. I wanted to bring up one more thing before uh, we go, is that you have a book coming out with Marcus Spears, uh, The Spencer Hayward Rule, that's coming out October 6th. Now, you, the reason Jay's dad uh, – like your your performance last time on the podcast, because you told many great stories of your career. Can you give us one good uh, Spencer Hayward story to to plug the book before we go? Uh yeah. Me and Mark Spears wrote a book on Spencer Hayward. Spencer Hayward, um, before uh, when you guys before you guys were born, um, Spencer Hayward was approached. He played in Seattle, and he was approached by this small, growing Northwest area shoe company for a contract in the early 70s. And this is before it, before you guys' time, before Nike took over with Jordan. Converse was the shoe, right? Converse, if you guys can envision that, Dr. J, Brick Berry, all these guys were Converse guys in the mid-70s. Converse was the shoe if you wanted to play hoop, okay? Nike was a track shoe. So Nike approached Spencer Haywood, being somewhat of a local player, and asked him if he wanted to um, become a Nike guy. And this was when Nike was, I don't know, I'm trying to compare it. It was like Steph going, it was like Under Armour going yeah. out. Yes. Nike right? was like like running shoes back yeah. then. It was a running, it was a jogging shoes because they came yeah. out of Oregon. Oregon, if you remember, had this amazing track team. In the in the in the '60s, Prefontaine. Yeah, so like you're talking about a track shoe, and then you also had Converse and Adidas, right? Adidas was still was was growing too. Um, so Haywood uh, decided to take the deal, and the offer was a hundred thousand dollars or one percent of the company. That's what the rumor was. Now. Unfortunately for him, his agent was like, well, if I take the 101%, how the hell am I going to get paid? Like, <laughs> what does that mean for me? Like, I don't yeah. what is, how does that put money in my pocket if he gets stock in the company that I don't? I have no idea if Nike's going to last? Who knows if Nike's going to last till 1980? You know, um, so his, his agent took the 100K and... Damn, um, that is one of the biggest mistakes of all time. Yeah, so, That's atrocious. You know, there's stories about well, whether it was a really 1% or was it like a half a percentage, whatever it was, any stock in Nike in 1973 would have made him a multi-millionaire now. But he, his agent took the 100K and, you know, he regrets it. And, you know, he's had a lot of, a lot of, 
situations happen to him, like when he was with uh, the Denver Rockets and he signed this um, with the ABA and he signs his five-year deal at um, one point, I'm sorry, five-year deal at like at 1.5 million, uh, the deal is contingent over like 30 years. And then once he retired, in order to fulfill the deal, the owner of the Rockets was, um, the reason was called the Denver Rockets. This is ABA, and they ended up moving to San Diego and then then to Houston. So this is, but it became the Nuggets eventually. But the reason that the Rockets were named the Rockets in Denver was the owner was a trucking guy, and then it was Rocket Trucking. So he um, offered Spencer a deal, this unprecedented deal, but <laughs> the condition was after he, uh, to get the full money, he had to work for the trucking company after he retired. Haywood did? Yes, he would have had to. He would have for had all thir- for all thirty years. Yeah, he would have had to have worked in the trucking company. So that, like these are the shady deals in the early seventies that a lot of these broke owners because they remember the ABA and and, and read you know there's a lot of great books in the ABA. It's just fascinating, and they they they've done kind of joke movies on the league, but you had these owners that were desperate to get star players. And so they would offer him these incentive-laden deals. Like, I don't know if you guys know, like, the Allen Iverson Reebok deal where he gets this boatload – he gets 25 million or boatload of money when he gets 55, right? It's so like that how Bobby Bonilla gets, like, a million dollars from the – It's sort of like the Bobby Bonilla deal, but in a sense. But these are deals that were signed by some of these guys because you want they wanted to compete and have the big money deals, and these guys were not making money – there was, I mean, there there wasn't sellouts in Denver and some of these ABA cities, but attendance was a real issue. So there was not a money making proposition to buy an ABA team. So a lot of these guys would give these deals of, hey, we'll give you five years, a five year deal for, uh, you know, five uh, five hundred thousand dollars. Not bad, hundred thousand dollars. You have to work for your lifetime in the trucking yeah, company, and then but we'll defer the money for another twenty years. So these guys were not getting, though they weren't getting their full contracts, you know, and some of these guys went filed bankruptcy, went out of business, you know. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories of what he went through. But the Nike story is one. And then that story where he would have had to work for the truck. The trucking company went out of business like in 1984. So he did not work uh, for the <laughs> trucking company. But the Sonics ended up buying his contract and fulfilling his deal, his trucking but, obligation. Yeah, but that was that was the deal that he signed with the Denver Rockets. Was it was it was a, a contingent upon him working for the company after his career ended. That's crazy. I, I look forward to reading that book, man. Yeah, if you guys want to pre-order that book, you can do it on Amazon. You can find it on Gary's uh, Twitter. Gary, thank you for uh, joining us. Day four of uh, your seven-day quarantine from the bubble. Uh, wish you the best of luck with the fresh food and the. Uh, you know, the final three days before you have some freedom. Guys, appreciate it. Always good talking with you guys. And, and my dad can be happy. Shout out, Matt King. Yeah, tell Mr. King I said, what up? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Shout out to Mr. King indeed. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thanks to Gary for coming on. If you like the show, please subscribe. Tell your friends. Rate it five stars. Uh, share it with anyone. And thank you for listening to this episode of Anything is Potable.